thank you for being with us tonight. So grateful for you that are in the house and those that are joining online. And, uh, you know, as we were worshiping the Lord and the kids were moving around and all that, thank you to Naomi and whoever you had to help you. And if it was only you, thank you for putting together little bags for the kids tonight. And uh, I, was, I just want you to relax and don't worry about the kids. I'm one of six in my family. My wife's one of five in hers. And whenever we had any kind of family gatherings, you know, there's like 35, 40 people just in our family getting together. And uh, so, you know, I'm totally used to chaos and noise, and it's normal for me. And so the kids don't bother me at all. So please don't let them bother you. And don't miss out on what God has for you. God has an incredible moment for us tonight. And as I shared in the devotional, if you don't know, we do a daily devotional. We send out Monday through Friday. And as I was praying and looking towards today, you know, what could we say? The entire Old Testament points to this moment. Everything about all of humanity points to this moment. All future history points to this moment. I mean, everything's there. And so the, 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 the one sentence that we used in the devotional today, it is finished, was Jesus' culminating words as he gave his life for you and I. And as we come together today, there's so many things this evening together for this communion time, recognizing this is the day that Christ gave his life for us. There are so many other things that we could say. And as I was praying and asking God to just allow me to share with you whatever it is that he wants us to do, something happened of significance in my life this week as I was driving with my nine-year-old grandson. Israel um, and, and I went, had to go do something across town, and I asked him if he wanted to ride with me, and he said yes. And so whenever I'm with my grandkids or the other kids that we've adopted in the family, I always tell them there's nothing more important in life than Jesus. And I tell them that regularly, and I try and speak it to them. I tell them, like, no, you understand that he is the most important thing in your life. You need him. You'll always need him, no matter what happens in your life. He's more important than anybody else. So I was doing that with Israel and patting him on the head and told him I loved him as we were driving. And as I was driving, it dawned on me that he's nine years old. Okay, I knew he was nine years old, but something dawned on me about that. <laughs> he has this little tiny picture of his papa. That's what he calls me. And that little picture that he sees of me is as a pastor, as a man of God, and as a Christian man serving the Lord. And he doesn't know me. <laughs> and so as I was driving, my heart was like, you know... <clears throat> I said, you know, Israel, it's something I need to tell you right now, and I want you to listen to me. I said, I was a bad person before. And he looked at me and said, you were a bad person? I said, yeah, I was. You know, I did not like myself. I didn't like the people around me. I did drugs and alcohol, and I was a miserable person. I hated my life. I was angry at God. I said, the only reason that my life changed is because of Jesus. And you know, as I shared that with that little boy in the car and he was sitting there looking at me, God was like, hey, you know, <laughs> this is so critically important for us. Church, the only reason we're even here tonight is because of Jesus. I mean, it's not just because of a service, it's because of what he's done for us and who he is. 
And as I was driving today and I was coming to the service, my heart was broken as I looked at everybody in this world just living their life, not even understanding fully what this is all about and what this day means, that Jesus Christ gave his life for the world, not just for a few people to gather in church, but for the world. And as Eric referenced earlier when he was speaking about the fact that Jesus desired to have the communion, the last supper with the disciples, and his desire was for this moment to happen absolutely knowing that he was not only going to be rejected and turned away from by those that he was closest to, those that he was doing it for, but by many in the world as well, present and future world that he was in. And in the midst of all that, he got up and he washed their feet. Not only understanding that he would lay his life down, but that he got down and washed their feet. And every time that I read that passage of scripture and I consider that, I'm like, Lord, it was the very feet that would take them away from you in your moment of need. In your greatest, darkest moment as God, who he is, the very ones that he'd poured his life into just ran away. And so as we come into this day, listen, this is not a moment of grief. This is... Good Friday is like a Christian funeral. You know what I mean? It's like there's this sad part of us for the sin and the brokenness that's there, but the rejoicing because we know what it means. It's, it's that like real mixture of emotions inside of us. And I, I believe that God wants us to celebrate. The, the songs that we've been singing are celebratory. The service that we have tonight is celebratory. But we also need to pause and understand the depth of our sin and what it has done to our God and how much he loves us to do what he did for us so that we might have a relationship with him. I mean, he's amazing. I have, I'm sure you have, I've heard a lot of people talk about what crucifixion is and how you suffer. And, and I mean, I'm not making light of it. It's, horrible torture that's why they did it it's the whole point of it was the romans were doing this to torture people to death suffocation is what would take their life as i consider that and i understand that there was physical excruciation things that took place in jesus i know that the most difficult thing that you and i would never comprehend or understand was the fact that our sins were poured upon him that was way greater than the physical suffering he ever experienced. For holy God became sin. Yeah, there's no understanding of that. Perfection, holy, absolute God became sin for us. <laughs> that we might become righteous through him. <laughs> pretty crazy it's amazing what he's done then Pilate had Jesus flogged with a lead tipped whip the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head and they put a purple robe on him hail king of the Jews they mocked and as they slapped him across the face Pilate went outside again and said to the people I'm going to bring him out to you now but understand clearly 
that I find him not guilty. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said, look, here is the man. When they saw him, the leading priests and the temple guards began shouting, crucify him, crucify him. Take him yourselves and crucify him, Pilate said. I find him not guilty. The Jewish leaders replied, by our law, he ought to die because he called himself the son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was more frightened than ever. He took Jesus back into the headquarters again and asked him, where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. Why don't you talk to me, Pilate demanded. Don't you realize that I have the power to release you or crucify you? Then Jesus said, you have no power over me. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? You have no power over me. Don't ever forget that, church. Unless it were given to you from above. So the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. Then Pilate tried to release him, but the Jewish leader shouted, If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who declares himself a king is a rebel against Caesar. When they said this, Pilate brought them out again. Then Pilate sat down in the judgment seat on the platform, which is called the stone pavement in Hebrew, Gabbatha. It was now about noon on the day of preparation for the Passover. And Pilate said to the people, Look, here is your king. Away with him, they yelled. Away with him, crucify him. What? Crucify your king, Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar. The leading priest shouted back. Then Pilate turned Jesus over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus away, carrying the cross. He went to the place called the place of the skull. In Hebrew, Golgotha. There they nailed him to the cross. Two others were crucified with him, one on either side, with Jesus between them. Pilate posted a sign on the cross that read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. The place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek so that many people could read it. Then the leading priest objected and said to Pilate, change it from the king of the Jews to, he said I'm the king of the Jews. Pilate replied, no, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they divided his clothes among the four of them. They also took his robe, but it was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said, rather than tearing it apart, let's throw dice for it. This fulfilled the scripture that says, they divided my garments among them and drew dice and threw dice for my clothing. So that is what they did. Standing near the cross were Jesus' mother, and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to this disciple, Here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. That's John the Apostle, who took Mary to be his own mom. Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I'm thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in it put it on a hyssop branch, and held it up to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head, and he gave up his spirit. It was the day of preparation, and the Jewish leaders didn't want the bodies hanging there the next day, which was the Sabbath. And a very special Sabbath it was, because it was Passover week. So they asked Pilate to hasten their deaths by ordering that their legs be broken, 
Then their bodies could be taken down. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the two men crucified with Jesus. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead, so they didn't break his legs. One of the soldiers, however, pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water flowed out. This report is from an eyewitness giving an account, an accurate account. He speaks the truth so that you also may continue to believe. These things happen to fulfill of the, the fulfillment of the scriptures that say not one of his bones will be broken and they will look on the one whom they pierced. As we look at the death of Jesus Christ, it's been a while since we read that entire crucifixion account that took place. And tonight as we gather, it's time for us to pause for a moment to reflect upon the incredible love of God. One statement sentence out of the golden text of the Bible, for God so loved the world. <laughs> it's right there. Before all this happened, the night before, which would have been Thursday night, last evening, here they were gathering together because it was Passover, sharing in this meal, doing these things that they had no clue what it meant. When Jesus said, I've long desired to do this, <laughs> but it's going to be fulfilled. It was through the blood of the new covenant when he took the cup and he said, take and drink. This is my blood shed for the remission of the sins of many. Take the bread and eat it for it is broken for you. It's my body broken for you. When Jesus did these things, the disciples didn't have a clue. Jesus did this and he said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. We were bought with a price. Church, Jesus Christ has paid for you and I. He owns us. Yeah. In their cluelessness, like so many today, we do things religiously. We go through the motions of stuff and we try and check the boxes of our spirituality. And when Jesus was doing this with them, it was generations of practice of the Passover. Jesus knew this is the moment of truth. This is when that reality would be reality and the redemptive plan of God would be ushered in to all of us. And so he said, remember this when you do this. The bread and the cup, they represent something. My life, your life. And so when you do this, remember that you do this, remembering the Lord's death until he returns. And as we do it, we are warned, as Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, that if we don't do it right, we drink damnation to ourselves. We eat damnation to ourselves. Yes, that should scare us. But the point of the scare is to repent, not to turn and run. The fact of the matter is, is you're not getting into heaven without the body and blood of Christ being applied to us. Therefore, just turning away from communion doesn't fix anything. So when he tells us to examine ourselves before we come to the table, God's giving us this moment to be able to get right with him. So we contemplate, we listen, we ask the Holy Spirit to examine our hearts, reveal to us, Lord, whatever it is that is between you and I, God, we want you to pull back the curtain that we have placed between you and I so that we might be exposed to ourselves the way we are exposed to you. 
And that is exactly what we do prior to coming forward for the communion. We open ourselves up and we examine ourselves, being willing to look at us the way God sees us. And in that moment, anything God speaks to us about, we repent of. And that gracious blood of Jesus Christ washes us and makes us clean so that anyone here, anyone doing this at home, every one of us can be holy before God. Do you understand that? Like, you can be holy before God, righteous before God, not because of you, not because of me, but because of what Jesus did and made available to us. You're not made righteous by taking the communion. You are taking the communion to recognize how you've been made righteous. It is through the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. There... Okay, we're going to pause for a second because you ought to be more excited than that. All right? I'm not going to keep going on. We're almost done. Come on, man. Do you understand that you have been made righteous? (laughs) And yeah, it's you. Think about it. You know you? And the fact that God would look at you and see you holy? For real. (laughs) Yeah, that should have been louder than what we just did church is amazing so as we prepare ourselves i've asked for naomi and uh jaron to come and help me here and they're going to come forward and uh naomi's going to be on this side and jaron over here i think we'll see where they end up and you can take the lid off that please so church we're going to take a moment to let you examine yourselves but i'm asking them to take the lid off to take the first tray and just stand right there and a little bit out there going to ask we're going to do this like uh by tables right because this is uh like at a reception this section is going to come first from this side right on this aisle you can take it and go back that way to come back to your seat after they're all done then you guys and then you guys you got it no problem everybody can handle that same here it's going to be you guys first taking the communion so you should start praying now After these guys are done, that'll be you guys, then you guys, right? Now, I'm being serious, because we need to do this. God's word tells us to examine ourselves before we ever come to the table. You know when your mom used to tell you to go wash your hands, and then she's like, let me see them? It's kind of what we're doing right now, only we're doing it a lot more serious moment. We're coming before Almighty God. Father, As you look upon us, there is nothing hidden from your sight. Thank you. God, thank you for what you've done for us. (laughs) Thank you. Lord, we ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you would be so present and do exactly what Jesus said you would do. Convict, empower, heal, stir. (laughs) Do, Do everything you need to do. (laughs) thank you Jesus when you are ready to come forward from these two sections I want you to know this is a non-alcoholic thing the the bread is on top of the cup it's a juice so everyone can do that it is totally up to you as a parent if you want to take that for your kids I understand and you need to understand that God understands and so you need to do what is best for you as you lead your home and sharing that communion with your children or not. And I ask these two sections to begin when you are ready.
please come forward. Jesus said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When you take it back to your seat, you can do communion when you are ready in your heart with the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And he also took the cup and he raised it up and he blessed it. Thank you, God. This is the blood of the new covenant shed for the remission of the sins of many. <laughs> Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Love you, Christ. Take any. This is my body, which is broken for you. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> New covenant. Thank you, Jesus. said take and eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me and the cup of the new covenant thank you Jesus for the blood <laughs> for the blood of sheep and goats could never take away our sins
Father, we thank you for Jesus. <laughs> thank you, God, for loving us. We so don't deserve your love, God. Thank you for loving us anyway. <laughs> Help us to share that love with everyone we possibly can, God. We love you and thank you. Church, I'm going to ask if you can stand with us. We want to close out this service with a song of worship, declaration and praise for what God's done for us. Now, hey, guys, let's lead us. Father, we glorify you. We give you all the honor. By the power of the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the gates of hell were broken for every single one of us. Yeah.
outside between so i hope you're here god bless you have an amazing night god thank you thank you jesus you're dismissed god bless you church yeah thank you jesus